Church, we um we come to God's word today, and and I I always like to begin by by asking a question, and the question that I ask of you today is, I wonder how free do you feel today, and if you if you know Christ, how free do you feel feel? If you don't know Christ, do you feel free today? And, and maybe your mind asks the question, which is for free from what? Or, or free for what? What do you mean, am I free? And, and they're, they're fair questions they ask. And hopefully, as we go on, we'll touch on those answers as we read God's word together. Church, freedom is an important subject today. And, and some people think that freedom means one thing. Other people think that freedom means another thing. And the world, the world in which we live doesn't know if it wants freedom or not. It, it hasn't a clue. You, you ask one person if, if, they, if they want freedom and when you think of freedom, you think of things like, like, like freedom of speech. That's a scary one to think about sometimes, but freedom of speech. Do we want it? Do we not? Some people do, some people don't. Um, you know, you think of freedom of information. Do we, do we want to know? Do we not want to know? Some people yes, some people no. And, and we all think differently and the world disagrees on what freedom is and whether they want it. And, and I think this idea sometimes comes into the church as well, but maybe in a little bit of a different context. The freedom in which we have when we know Christ, when we have Jesus in our lives, when we are serving him, those who are in Christ have freedom. But what, what does that mean? How, how do we use that? What does that freedom extend to? And this is where sometimes believers, the church, would maybe disagree. And it's okay to have different opinions. Um, there's, there's absolutely no way that this would, this would work without that. But what's important is that in different opinions and different ideas that we maintain unity. Because one person thinks differently than you. It does not mean that, that they should depart from you. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't be here. We can think differently. But what we must always do is come to God's word. And understand what his word has to say about any subject. And make sure that our opinions are not just that. That they aren't just our opinions. But that they are formed in a true belief that we are living out what God's truth would tell us to do. So, so make sure whatever it is that you think. However it is that, that you think that you should live your life, if, if you believe in Christ, if he is your saviour, then make sure that you're following his word. And there's some verses that talk about living freely that, that we're going to look at today. We're going to study around. And it's found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 16 to 17. It says, live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honour everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the emperor. Church, let's pray and we'll begin to study God's word together. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your church. Lord, thank you that you have brought each one of us here today, God, and we believe that. 
And Lord, I pray for each one that, Lord, you would reveal your word to us. That, Lord, you would remove our, our preconceived notions, God. That you would remove that, that sense of entitlement that we may have. And, God, would you lead us to a place of freedom to accept what your word says to us. Lord, would we be bound by your word and would we strive to live our lives to it and what it says, God, would you reveal it to us today in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. And church, maybe that title that you saw at the start, it might make a bit more sense now that we read these verses. Free to be servants. And, and we read these verses and we see that we are people, we are to live as people who are free, but we are also living as servants of God. How do those two things come together? How do you be a free servant? How can you live in freedom, but also be a servant? Well, First Peter, in the wider context of this, it'll maybe give us some answers to those questions today. And, and the broader context of these two verses, it looks like this. It's written by Peter, who was a fisherman, but now was a disciple. And in light of this, I think it's always nice to think of how God can use us, even in those even when you think that you're in a kind of a mundane field or you, you think that you, just, you might just do your nine to five or you just have that routine and then you look at the life of Peter and you think, wow, God used him and God can use us if we're willing to follow him, if we're willing to understand the truth, apply it to our lives and live it out. And so even when we misstep as well, God still uses us. And here we have a man writing as a perfect example of that. If we misstep, God can still use us. Do we seek his forgiveness? Do we turn to his word and understand the truth? And, and he most likely wrote this letter from Rome during Nero's reign, which will become important later, so we'll come back to that. But yes, written the letter from Rome during Nero's reign, and the letter's written to Christians that are scattered. So it's written to, to Christians all within this one area of modern-day Turkey, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. It's, it's all written to Christians that are scattered. And so this absolutely applies to God's people, to his church today. It's written to Christians who are scattered. And the first section of 1 Peter before this, it covered salvation. So we're talking fundamentally to believers today. Peter is talking fundamentally to believers today. And, and before this, he covers salvation, how believers are saved, how they're preserved by God's power, how God is with believers despite persecution. I'll say that again. How God is with believers despite persecution and how believers therefore persevere, how they keep going by hope through the love and power of Christ, how believers would keep going. This is what has already been spoken to in the lead up to this. And let me say quickly off the back of that, to those that feel that this applies to them, those who feel that they may be in that season of trouble, I think it's important to address that. The trouble that you're in does not surprise God. 
I'll say that the trouble that you're in does not surprise God. So know that he is with you. Know that he is not forgotten about you. Know that he carries you through trouble. And know that he sustains you in it as well. Know that his word would would urge you to press on, to persevere in knowing that truth that God is with you and God is for you and know that you don't need to find your inner strength. You just simply need to know where your strength comes from, that it comes from God. Do not give up. Keep going. Keep loving God. Keep showing God to others and know that God will work all things together for the good of those who love him. God loves you. God loves me. Thank you, God. The section of 1 Peter that we're looking at today addresses Christian living before others. And in the lead up to these verses, this part specifically was actually addressing Christian living before governments, under authorities, before governing authorities. And you never know in this country whether it's a good time to talk about that or not. Last, it's, it's interesting to mention governing authorities in our context at the minute. Obviously, we'll know that, that last week Stormont returned to work. And don't worry, we're not planning on making this political from the pulpit or anything like that. But Peter is speaking about living under government rule in the lead up to these verses. And so that applies to living under the authority of those who have been placed there, living under the, the rule of those who have been given it. And, and I maybe want to make this as simple as possible, if you'll allow me, speaking less to our living under governments, but simply saying how we are to live alongside everybody. And these verses command us to do that, but that includes government. And it includes authorities, it includes leadership, it includes living under a leadership. In whatever context you may see that, and whatever, whatever that looks like in your life, these verses encourage us in how to live under leadership, under somebody else's lead, how to live alongside everybody. And what, what Peter addresses here very clearly and what we need to understand today, church, is how Christians live on this side of eternity matters. How, how we live matters. And that's why he's telling us not to go using our freedom as a cover-up as an excuse for evil. The freedom that we have been given and that Peter's telling us to exercise here, it's our weightless walking. It's, it's living without the burden and penalty of sin. That's the freedom that, that we are referring to here. That's the freedom that we have been given. And that's the freedom that we can live under even serving God. Knowing that, that we walk weightless. Knowing that, that the weight of sin is no longer upon us. Knowing that Jesus took that weight at the cross. Knowing that, yes, there is place for, for self-examination and there's place for self-evaluation and, and we want to live our lives in a way that pleases God. But do not be burdened by sin and know that the burden of sin has been removed from your life. 
Know that he takes it if you will give it to him. And again, know that how you live your life as a result of that fact, it matters. The freedom that we have been given, the freedom that we already exercise, it is that walking in a state without burden, knowing that our penalty has been paid, knowing that our debt is wiped clean. And these verses tell us to live as people who are free. And in the context, it means doing so before all people. Church, brothers and sisters, those that that applies to, we are God's people and God's word tells us that we should act like it. That we should conduct ourselves as God's people, as his representatives on earth. What Peter is doing in these verses is, it's addressing here those people who don't like being told what to do. Who don't like being told what they should and shouldn't do. And he's telling them, but how you live your life matters. How, how you conduct yourself in front of other people. In light of the circumstances in which you live, it matters. Don't, don't walk with a bitterness. Don't, don't use your freedom as an excuse to say, do you know what? It, it doesn't matter because I'll, I'll be going to heaven anyway. But you're God's representative on earth. You're God's representative here and now. And, he, what, and he's given you instruction on how to live in this time. In this age, in this season, he's given you instruction on how to live on earth. Your God's representatives and how you live reflects the God that you serve. And Peter tells us that we are to live holy lives, different from the world around us, because we are set apart. So can, can I encourage you today to just to be challenged in, in what you say to others in the workplace or when, when you are talking politics, which is a very divisive thing here, and I understand why, but listen, we're called to love. And, and let's be careful about how we speak and let's know that, that how we choose to live under a difficult authority, under difficult circumstances, that reflects the God that we serve. You know, so if, if maybe you're, you're in a place or in a season that, that you're not a fan of, just remember that, that how you conduct yourself within that reflects the God that you serve. And how would God ask you to conduct yourself where you are. Stand up for him. Speak his truth. Absolutely. And apply scripture to your life. And, and know that God has given you truth. But how you live your life in front of others matters. Scripture makes it clear. That we are to be obedient to God. And being obedient to God means obeying those who would have authority over us. Understanding that God has created that order. He has created that, that promotion. Knowing that we are to obey in everything. That we are to obey rules. That, that we are to show respect. And 
If we don't, then ultimately we disrespect God. For he is the one who placed us under that rule and under that authority. But what I will say on the back of that, and the question that often comes to people's minds is, yeah, but what if I'm being asked to disobey what God has told me to do? Well, scripture, of course, speaks to that. God's word speaks to that. And and Peter and the apostles, they reply to the Sanhedrin in Acts 5, when, when they come up against it, it says, having brought the apostles they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. And it says here, We give you strict orders not to teach in this name. He said, Yet you fill Jerusalem with your teaching. You're determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, But we must obey God rather than men. From this It's clear. We must obey God rather than men. We must live by the word of God. We must live by the word of God, but accept also the circumstances that we are in and live our lives as a reflection of the God that we serve. We are to accept authority, but we also are to live by God's word and God's truth. And I know that different people can, can come back to me with different specific circumstances in, in which you're living. And, and I understand that. And I know that each person's walk and each person's circumstance is different. But I just would ask you that in each circumstance to come before God, to seek him and to ask, how do you want me to conduct myself here? with these people who are difficult, with, with, with difficult colleagues, difficult neighbours, with, with difficult circles, how would God ask us to conduct ourselves? Even though people are hard to love, we are still called to love them. Christ loves us and we're hard work. I'm hard work and Christ loves me. He loved me so much, he demonstrated that on the cross. He died for my sin. So even when people are hard work, even when they are hard to love, even when we disagree, we are called to love. And being called, church, it's both a burden that has been lifted and a responsibility that has been given. While we are given freedom, we are also called to servanthood. That's where this idea comes from. It comes from the word of God. While we are given freedom, we're also called to be servants. And another version of those verses actually says, the verses that we read at the start there, they said, live as people who are free. There's another version of this that says, submit as free people. There's, there's an accuracy and a truth to that, that while we are free from everything that sin traps us in, we must also submit. Our lives are an offering to God. And while submission at times can be a burden and, and at times is difficult, I would encourage you to ask Christ about that. To think of the submission that he endured. That Christ submitted himself to the point of death on a cross. That he was crucified for crimes that he never committed. 
that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross. And, and why would he do that? Why would he do that? So that we would live in this freedom. This freedom from sin. That we would, we would freely have a relationship with God because of what Christ did for us on the cross. Christ wants to remove that burden from us. He doesn't want us to carry that. And sometimes we're conflicted and, and we, we, we beat ourselves up before God and, and we know when we, when we stumble and when we fall. And again, God's word makes provision for that. So it tells us to keep going and to keep pressing on. And yes, to acknowledge that, to, if, if you want to use that phrase, to keep short accounts before God, to, to come to him, to, to include him in your mess, but to know that he has washed you white as snow. And to know that, that what you do will not change that. God will not turn his back on you. He has not forgotten about you. Peter writes here that, that we must never claim our freedom as God's people as a way of justifying sin. It, if we do that, we misunderstand what it means to be a free servant of God. To know that we have a freedom and to live our lives as servants of his. It, having freedom does not justify freely sinning. It doesn't justify freely doing things that we know that we should not be doing. And, and Peter isn't justifying that here. Can I encourage you that true freedom is not the absence of discipline, but the presence of grace. Exercising freedom is to extend grace. To understand that we are a witness to those who don't know Christ. And that means everybody who does not know Christ. We have been called out of darkness. And that all the others remain in. And into God's light. So then it matters all the more that we lead lives now. That reflect the light in which we live in. Not because we might lose God's mercy. We won't. That's not what I'm saying but because we represent him to the world around us. And how do we be good servants? How do we conduct ourselves? I want to remind you again of verse 17. And with these kind of four ideas, we close. It says in verse 17, to honor everyone, to love the brotherhood, to fear God, to honor the emperor. There's four commands here that sum up really well how we ought to live our lives. It says, first of all, to honor everyone. And I said that we would keep this simple and so does Peter. And, and, and as he sums up this freedom in serving God, he says these four things. And first of all, says to honor everyone. It does not get simpler than that. Thank God that I'm not called to pick and choose who I give respect to. If I did that, I wouldn't do it well. If, if, I, if I was able to just, if I should just pick and choose the people that, that I am to show love to, then I, I'm not a good judge. I don't, I don't want or need that responsibility. We aren't called to pick and choose who we give our respect to. God commands us to give respect to everybody. It's not so that we, so that, that we will have it reciprocated. It's so that we are doing as God would want us to do. Honor people. 
Love people. Show respect to people. Be, be diligent and kind and know that these things matter. Know that how we live here matters. Know what God would want you to do. To give your respect to everyone. To honour everyone. And church, to love, to love the brotherhood. Or in other words, love God's people. Other versions will phrase this differently. To love God's people. And, and we've said it before. God's word tells us that the world will know us by how we love one another. And, and it's an active love. It's the doing, it's the physical doing the will of God kind of love. It's not, it's not like a love from a distance or, or, or a keep it to yourself kind of love. It's to serve one another because we know that as we serve one another, we serve God. So we're called to love one another. And people within the, the brotherhood, people in People that are within the house, God's people, some of us are hard work too. That doesn't exclude those people from being loved. We are to love God's house. We are to love God's people. It says that we are to fear God. And sometimes this can be misunderstood. It, it doesn't mean to live in terror of God. It doesn't mean to be afraid of him, afraid of him at all times based on what he might do to you. God has already demonstrated his love for us and promised us an eternal place in his family. But, but Peter's command reminds us to continue to hold his power, his majesty, his sovereignty in awe and wonder. Are we in awe of God today, church? Are you in awe of God? Do you love God? Do you want to honour God? Do you see him as, as, as so much higher and, and before you and, and in all things? We are to fully submit to him as humble servants. And, and we will do that by, by being in awe of him. Knowing that, that he is in control knowing that his hand is upon us, knowing that, that he is with us, knowing that the one that holds all of this together is with the individual. That, that never leaves me. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's a reason to be in awe. It's, it's just unfathomable that, that God would hold all of this together and yet be interested in each one. And, and it finishes, Peter finishes with these two verses, says, honor the emperor. Other versions say, honor the king. Again, the emperor, king, authority, whoever it might be, the one that would have authority, the people that would have authority. And, and what I want to remind you, I said at the very start that it would be important and we come back to it, that this is written under the rule of Nero, who was possibly the harshest of all rulers, who, who, condemned, who condemned the church, who condemned Christians, who threw them in prison, who was an incredibly harsh taskmaster. This is written under his rule. 
And so I want to remind you today that, that the authority, it may not be an honourable person. And in fact, the emperor at the time Peter wrote this was, 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 sorry, was most likely Nero. And so definitely an evil leader who persecuted the people of God. And still the command stands. As Paul wrote, there is no authority not established by him. We give honour and respect to government and we give honour and respect to those in authority. We give honour and respect to everybody. And we remind ourselves that those who are given these positions are only given these positions because he allows them to be there. God is in control of every, of every circle and every circumstance, every structure and, and every position. God is in control. Let's remind ourselves to be loving. And, and, and to be caring and to give respect. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect these things. First Peter chapter 2, it gives us a way in which to follow Christ. To, to honour people to live alongside people, to reflect God's love for us and the people that we meet, to choose surrender, to choose to love, to, to honour God and to know that that is enough. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. And how do you choose to live it? Do you choose forgiveness? Do you choose grace? Do you choose to worship him? No matter what you face. These are the words that we're about to sing as we close. Can I make you aware that we have a team who are available to pray with you after the service? If there's anything that you would like prayer for, see somebody with a lanyard as you would leave this place. Allow me to pray as the team would come. Lordy, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that he is the ultimate authority. Thank you, God, for the salvation that we have been given in him. Thank you for the love that he has shown to us God and would you help us even in difficult circumstances to love and show honour and respect to others God would you help us in any season to choose surrender to you God to submit to you and to know that you are above it all God we thank you we thank you for using us, we thank you for placing us and God, we, we give all of these things over to you and we trust you with them. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray, amen.